Snappy S. Dougie Fresh here alongside my oldest friend, my golf sister, my black golf sister, because I got some white ones too. Jamie Taylor, what up, girl? Hey, friend, how you doing? Thanks for having me back. I know, it's good to see you again. Look, you know here on Birdies Not BS, we answer the most pressing topic in golf. And this week, Jamie, I'm so glad to have you here because this is something that resonates with us. And it's why do grassroots golf organizations matter? Why does black golf matter? But before we get to that, remind the people who you are and what you done did, girl. Well, as you said, I'm the Jamie Taylor, LPGA professional and CEO founder of the Black Golf Directory. Okay, girl, got your accolades in there. You said that. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't get a little hair flip or something. Girl, you got your <laughs> hair up, though. I can dig it. Uh, but, Jamie, look, out of everybody in the world, right, I, this is important to me because you and I, we grew up in organizations that didn't have names yet like they didn't it was just a bunch of brothers out there that was just doing stuff to to get little black kids and black women in into the game what is it about grassroots organizations that are so important to golf's future well you just said it i mean i met you through this so so i'll tell you i'll tell you a little background about how i got into golf i start with a group called the greater cleveland junior golf scholarship fund out of cleveland ohio where i'm from and I went into that program just to hang out with my god sisters and, and learn golf because they were learning golf. But through that, I got to meet a ton of black and brown golf, uh, golfers like myself with their families. We met every week for the whole summer. And then that evolved me into becoming a competitive golfer, which evolved me to playing out-of-town events, which evolved into you and I connecting um, at, at, at our, in our teenage years. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if for no other reason, I think because of the grassroots organizations like the Greater Cleveland Junior Golf Scholarship Fund, they allow black people to see other black people yeah. playing no the question. game. No question. Like, I remember when I was growing up, um, it was the Lexington Swingers. That's what their name was. It was a group of brothers. There was like a bowling club, right? It was like a, just a golf club, like a biker club. Think about it like mm -hmm. that. And these guys mm -hmm. just... They played golf every week. They played skins games. They would go to different courses. They'd buy like five, six tee times. They'd go out. Then they go to the local driving range, and they do clinics. These are people with, with normal jobs, firefighters and, and police officers and, and just hustlers, like all kinds of different club owners, like uh, uh, milkmen. It was crazy. But they would, they would have a clinic, and, they would have, right. and, and it would be sponsored, which was dope, I thought. And that's one of the ways I grew up in the game. I, I, I went to those clinics when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old uh, there in Lexington, Kentucky. Didn't have a name then. You know, they, they kind of got associated later. But they just wanted to bring people into the game. You know, it was, it was just like, what can we do to help? And that's, that's how it starts. And, that, and to your point, Doug, that's, that's what the grassroots organizations are about. They're really trying to introduce youth to the game or even adults to the game, some of them that exist. But they're trying to teach them the game, the rules, the etiquette, the skills. They're not talking about, I mean, they get a little bit of life skills, but that comes in naturally, right, through mentorship. But they're not spending, you know, half of the, of the hour or two hour, whatever timeline, talking about core values. I hate to say it like that. Don't, don't right? do that. Don't, don't get me going. You know how I feel about that. Don't do it, Jamie. Don't you get me in here talking about, I'm going to get to it in a minute. I, I, I will make my statements here soon. I don't care. But yeah, no, their, their focus is number one about teaching the game. So when you and I came up, not only did we learn the game from these organizations, but we were good enough to compete. 
And a lot Hold of on. there weren't even really organizations though. They were kind of like, like to call where I grew up in an organization is a stretch. Like that's okay. a stretch. Well, it was a bunch of brothers that got together. But see, it might have been thing. somewhat organized. You're from Kentucky, so that's how y'all roll. But in Cleveland, you know, we had our ish together. You know what I'm saying? The group mm. I was involved yeah. in is 41 years in the making. We've been going strong. And okay. uh, <laughs> so I can't speak about Kentucky people. But what I can say, <laughs> what I can say is every kid that came through that through that organization or that, you know, they could play the game. They could play Play ball. the game. That's that's critical. Yeah. That's my beef with the first tee. I'm going to say it. I know I pissed, I'm going to piss some people off. I don't care. <laughs> I've, I have volunteered for the first tee. I have given money to the first tee. Hell, I even interviewed for a job with the first tee. Didn't get it. That's why I'm also talking smack. It's not the point. <laughs> But to your what you just said was very vital. People do leave the first tee without knowing how to do the simplest things in the game. Yeah. It's a fact. Can't argue it. But when you were part of these other organizations, I remember in Lexington, it was the micro city government had a golf, um, you know, a youth golf organization. And then in Louisville, Kentucky, that I used to go to, my dad used to drive me on Mondays, which is you know, 55 or 45 minutes up to, to Louisville from where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a part of the Urban Youth Golf Association, okay. right? And that was that was where, you know, I got to play golf. But it was all old heads out there that, that really gave a damn. They was the ones cooking the hot dogs at the end of the damn uh, 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 training session, right? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't no box lunches and nothing like that. It was it was on course playing lessons, Yep. You know what I mean? And the course was donated by the city. But that I feel like that don't happen no more, Jamie. Like, on some real stuff, like, that shit does not happen nowadays from where I see. It might right. still go on, but from where I see now, I don't see the organizations or, or just a bunch of people helping little black and brown people. So to be, to be clear, it does still happen. But unfortunately, because you have organizations like the First Tee that are taking on the sponsorships and we're getting all the marketing that are being displayed at all the tour events. You don't know these exist. I can tell you right now, the, the Greater Cleveland Junior Golf Scholarship Fund that I run, I'm now, the, I'm now the executive director for it. Every week for 11 weeks, the kids get a lesson from a PGA and LPGA professional. They go on the golf course every week, play the golf course, par three or regulation, and this then they get they a matter. lunch. This is why they matter. Yeah. They do this, this every week. And this is on a Saturday morning, by the way. So this is prime time golf time. This isn't a weekday after work thing. We're rushing around. So the whole yeah. point is there are groups out there like this one I'm describing. I mean, there's one here, Orlando Minority Youth Golf Association. They're yeah, doing yeah. this work. You got Doc out there holding it down still. Yeah. He's been, he been running that damn thing since I was 12. Like right. he's grown. He is a, an adult ass person uh, right. still doing what... what, what <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. That dude was like when I was a kid. You know, he was he was doing that in Orlando, man. And and now I'm I'm grown, and he's still doing the same thing. I mean, you talk about a guy leaving a legacy. But Jamie, what pisses me off when we talk about green grass, or okay. I don't know why I keep saying green grass, grassroots that operate at green grass. All right, let's just right. say that. Got it. What pisses me off is a lot of people will just assume that the first tee is doing. All of these grand things. Look, there are some first tee chapters that are that do do a great job. But in my experience, where I volunteered, what I got to see and be a part of and witness with my own two eyes was a six-week program where the kids never got on the golf course, Jamie. 
They never got – they warmed up. They ran laps around the putting green. They chipped over some gates. They putted, hit balls, and did some homework, and they was out. <laughs> that why I want to go – if I'm a kid nowadays, why do I want to go to school or have virtual learning, go to the golf course whereby I get more schoolwork to do? Does this make sense? That, it just, that drives me up walls. Absolutely up walls, Jamie. So here's here's what you'll find, and I won't and I and again I'm speaking for the organization I'm affiliated with, but a lot of the the first tees and organizations like that they target uh, low economic minorities, and so this is kind of what you're describing. It's almost like an after school program where it's like their parents can't pick them up, so they can do this, you know, t- to be in a safe environment. But a program like the one I'm describing, the parents are bringing them out there. They're, in, they're involved, they're volunteers, because like you said, we don't have a budget to be paying executive directors and PGA, you know, we, got, we have a very tight budget. So the parents are hands-on, they're volunteering, they're learning with the kids. It's, and that's the, right. part, that's the part that differentiates the grassroots from the larger corporate organizations. Jamie, I've watched this over the last few years, and yes, I'm getting my phone out during this episode. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Over the years, I have watched the first tee with a very, like, keen eye. And I'm not bashing the first tee. Look, let me just, let me preface this. The first tee does a great job of introducing people to the game of golf. Yes, 100%. They do a great job of introducing people to the game of golf. But they do not do a very good job of retaining those people that they've introduced the game to to create golfers that will be around to play the game for a lifetime. Right. Okay? Look. Read the, let me just start with the mission statement. I we all I learned. Knew, I knew you were going to get the mission statement. Oh, God, you got to go. That, the mission <laughs> statement is where people like, you know, that's that's where you tell your organization's goals. I knew it. First T's impact, or excuse me, the, the, the mission of First T is to impact the lives of young people by providing learning facilities and educational programs that promote character development, life-enhancing values through golf. So here's so here's here's the kicker to that. You know you know why that verbiage is so important. And unfortunately, grassroots facilities have taken on a similar verbiage in their mission statements. Is because that's the language that corporate businesses want to see to give you money. If you just say oh. I just want to teach kid golf, they're not trying to give you five ten grand. But if you say I'm going to teach them life skills and how to be life a better human being, life skills and so so then they're like and, here's, uh, here's the dollars they give it. Yeah. You know I'm going to teach them how to social distance. I'm going to give them some life <laughs> skills and financial literacy. And we all going to do it at the golf course. Here's some money. Make just. <laughs> yeah. They're going to make a change on them. You know what I mean? Right. But what happens to the organizations that I want to teach kids golf? Period. Here's the thing, Jamie. And this is why green or grassroots organizations are important. And this is why Percy also pisses me off. <laughs> Those nine core values and stuff that you get, or seven, however many it is, nine. <laughs> you get that anyway if That's you true. play the game of golf. That's true. You That's get true. it. It's like buy one, get one free. If you play the game of golf, conscientiousness, judgment, character, you can name the rest. I can't. I'm mad at the organization. You get that with golf. And th- and that's why the grassroots organizations matter because they're not jamming it down their throat. Right. You have to be conscientious. You have to be thankful, have good judgment, and be able to police yourself. Go out and play in a golf tournament and watch what happens. Right. And, <laughs> you know and, what I mean? And to your point, Doug, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm living proof of what you're saying because 
because of the organization I grew up in, not only am I now running that organization, but my parents. That's dope. Are, That's dope, first of all. Are Congratulations. Still, thank you. Are still volunteers. They've been volunteers since I was seven, eight years old, and they're still volunteering. So imagine me as a youth seeing my parents giving of themselves every Saturday for years, long after I left the program. And so it brought me back in the fold because that's the kind of community that the grassroots uh, programs bring back. And so that's that's another perspective. You know, you just see exactly. you see people giving of themselves and you just learn through seeing that seeing that community. And that's where I said having the parents involved and having volunteers is so crucial part of the grassroots uh, um, you know, initiative because without those volunteers and those parents, the kids are just going, it's like going to school, right? You just go, you see your school teacher and you're like, okay, they're separate from my everyday life. But when you go to these grassroots, everybody, the family is involved. Look, Jamie, do you remember TMGA, Toledo Minority Youth yes. Guard, Toledo Minority, um, the championship they had, TMGA yep. championship. Every yep. year, Chuck Cohen, we go out there and you know what was crazy? Like, looking back, being a grown-ass person, our parents had way more fun than yes. we did playing the game. Like, we were out practicing and putting and chipping. Our parents were at the clubhouse turning up, right? That was the truth. I, I, I'm not saying turning up like they wasn't at the club, but they'd be out in the back sharing cocktails, sharing stories, because our parents have the same existence. Look, when you play this game as a black and brown person, odds are you're going to have to code switch and learn how to be damn good at it as you go through this activity, right? Right. And our parents were finally able to get to some like-minded people when we was out doing our athletic thing on the golf course and put their hair down and talk about their experience and their existences. And that's also something that helped the parents keep the kids in the game. Listen, Sorry, I'm very you, passionate no, about you, No, you are, like, you are 100% this, this right. Is, this is my jam right here. No, you're like, 100% right. My dad looked forward to going to events more so than I did sometimes because he wanted to see yo mama. He wanted to see Kevin Hall's mom and them, right? He wanted to see Percy, right? Like, my parents loved, like, A.D. Benjamin's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Benjamin out of Tulsa, yes, Oklahoma. We only got to see them once a year, you know, like, or twice a year. And that's why organizations like the Bill Dickey were so important. You know, I hate seeing what happened in an organization as, it, as we've gotten older. I thought it was one of those things, like we talked about in the previous episode, that we look forward to doing, Jamie, every year. Right. Like that proved that I was good if I could make it to the Bill Diggy. And that was as grassroots as hell. Like that was like Bill Dickey was giving money out of his pocket. He was getting sponsorship people to give him checks and he wasn't even putting them in a bank account. He was just passing them on to kids. Yep. Like that was like the beauty. And I think we, we lose when you when you when you bring corporate America in to grassroots organizations to some degree. You lose those iconic people, those figures, um, the Chuck Cohen, the 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 Bill Dickies. Um, I hate to use just those two. There's so many more across the various countries. But look, we also was broke, so we could only go to like <laughs> Cleveland. I, if, if it wasn't on 75, I couldn't go. That was it. Like if it wasn't Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati. Yeah. Lexington, Knoxville, Atlanta. Like <laughs> right. that was my junior golf career. <laughs> well, I'll say I will say this though, because what 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 will make grassroots continue to survive is people our age stepping up and getting involved. Because as I told you, my parents are still involved, but they're not in the leadership role anymore. 
Now you have people my age and other alumni stepping in, taking on the leadership role. Because if you don't have that, what I what we bring to the table, right? We bring the the technology background, um, you know, just bring it to the 21st century. It's essentially what that was my campaign to become initially the president of the organization. It was like I'm going to bring you all to the 21st century. The website's going to be relevant. We're going to use technology. People are going to pay online and not pay in person. I mean, basic, basic stuff that if you don't have fresh blood coming in. And so to your point, I've reached out to corporations, but I use some of the language that they need to hear. I, I tell them I'm going to shout dance. them out on you social. Have, you got to dance. You got to dance to dance. I get it. Yeah. Can we have some cheese? Yeah. I you get have, it. But you have. So it's not that we can't work together with these corporations, but I think ultimately if you don't have a succession plan so that uh, young blood can come up and help run the organization. Some of these, some of these old heads, I'm not going to lie, they're so protective that when yeah, they... Yeah, it's like, this is my shit. Yeah. Like, this is, this is, I've had this. Yeah. Like, like when they to, die... You need to send me a check. The program dies. <laughs> like, it's all going down together because they will not pass the torch to some younger people and say, hey, take it over and make it better. Well, Jamie, i tell you what. This is one topic I think you and I both feel pretty similar on and also something that's near and dear to our hearts because yes. we also have seen uh not to be super critical but i am it's my show um the first tee has also turned a lot of people off of the game of golf it's made it harder in some instances for people to gain entry into the game of golf and i miss a lot of those old heads that had cigarette hanging out their mouth they <laughs> might have had a fifth in their back pocket but you know what they cared about kids they cared about their community and they was going to teach the game uh in a way that they wanted to But, Jamie, we do got to get a little bit technical. Look, you are a LPGA certified instructor. Yes. You have taught the game a lot. You've probably given over, you know, a few thousand golf lessons. Now, usually we have a specific topic that we want to dive into. I want to do a little different today. We're going to get technical right here with you, Jamie. But as you've taught golf years and years and years, what's the one or two things that you've had to repeat over and damn over and over. I mean, the, the first thing I tell people is uh, when it comes to, they just assume they already had a lesson before, okay? Okay, the, they the, had a lesson. The things that I find that I constantly have to repeat is, where are you going? So in other words, people just go up to the ball and they just get ready to hit. And I'm like looking at them and they're aiming straight for the trees or wherever. And it's like, did you pick your target? So, you know, alignment, we go through that whole process of, of just stepping back, picking a target. So from a beginner level, I'm always focused on that uh, because that's something that I feel is not a common thing. And every now and then, you know, you get a wayward shot here and there, but I tell them that's, that's my number, one of my number one things. Um, I think that, hold on, that's critical though. Yeah, I mean, it's When we talk critical. about the basics, you know, when we talk about the fundamentals of the game, alignment is... Kind of important. Yeah, you want the ball little. to go, you know, somewhere where you intend for it to. You have to aim that thing. So yeah. I, I like. I mean, give me another one. I need. Let me get two. Let me get all two. All right. So my second one would be, um, and I think we've all heard this. I don't like to say keep your head down, but keep staying down in your position because what happens is, I think people think, and even experienced players that are amateurs, they think in order to make the ball go up in the air, they have to lift it or scoop lift, it. Yeah, you got it. So I'm like, it's the opposite, right? You got to stay down. You got to hit down on the ball to make it go in the air because the club is already designed to put the ball air in the air. And so that mental like switch for people is tough because they're 
they're programmed. It's almost sometimes it's almost like they practice practice swing. They're staying down, right? But then they go to the ball and they immediately start trying to scoop it up. And it's like, did you not feel that? Did you not notice the difference? It's crazy. But those are the two things I think I see the most, especially with the like beginner intermediate groups. I, I, I'm I'm still gonna hark, harken back to alignment. If you can't aim, you can't score. That's and true. That's, uh, you can't you can't do it. You can't do it. But Jamie, always good to have you in here. Tell the people how they find you and get a hold of you. So you can find me on all uh, social media platforms: Facebook, uh, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Black Golf Directory. Um, find me there, and also I have a personal page for golf called Jamie Golf on Instagram and Facebook as well. Well, that's what's up. And you already know where we at. Birdies Not BS, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, birdiesnotbs.com. Feel free to slide questions into the DM. We ask, we answer a question every week. Jamie, I love you. Big golf sis. You like how I put that in there. Big golf sis. Oh, you know wow. what I'm saying? Because you, you are might control. have. I look younger than you, though. I look younger than you, though. We all, we can, all, everybody can agree on this. I look younger than you. I just added sunscreen to my moisturizer, so I'm about to... It might be that way today, but I'm on my way. Okay. I had to redo my whole situation. <laughs> Give me three months. We're going to readdress this topic. But, hey, Birdie's Not BS, Jamie T. Appreciate y'all. Next week, we'll be back. Holla at y'all. Thanks.